Hello and welcome to another episode of Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156 on Twitter. And today I'm going to talk about the week that was in DCCW. Uh, my preferred favorite universe. And all shows are back now, minus Legends. So uh, I think I'm just going to get right into it with Supergirl. Uh, this episode of Supergirl, I thought this was pretty fantastic especially after the, uh, the height that it may manage at the end of it story not counting the crossover uh we had a pretty good uh final scene with her so uh, an agent liberty so i thought that that was great so moving on to this one uh we have colonel haley is trying to uh find out supergirl's identity that's her sole mission, uh, which is crazy. She's just after all the time Supergirl has done it, it done things. I do like how they show that there are a handful of DEO agents that do know that Kara is Supergirl, and they they like, but they're willing to lie and help try and make sure that she doesn't know. But what I was saying from the start of the episode, I'm glad they finally did it, but it took them way too long. They didn't erase uh, Colonel Haley's mind for a long time. I thought that she could move it back a little bit more, or even plant a fake memory of who super who she thinks Supergirl is. But to set up the way that the story and the lasting consequences in the end, I think that it was right to do it the way they do. Uh, we have a couple aliens coming after uh, Colonel Haley and a few others that were involved in this program to turn them into killers. They were basically baby aliens and. They caused him a lot of trauma to control them. And Alex is completely disgusted by this. Uh, it pretty it's it's pretty it's pretty terrorizing, but it is kind of a good example of how the depths that governments can go. Uh, we also have James and Lena seemingly getting on the same page. Lena's telling him about the fact that she might be able to give people regular human superhuman abilities. And the look in James's eye kind of gives me the hint that or gives me the notion that he wants to try this out on himself. He wants powers for himself, uh, which could make sense to me. That kind of that kind of line of thinking and way the story could go. And we also have Brainy trying to persuade uh, Nia to embrace her superpowers, but she thinks it's a date, which is pretty funny because like, come on, Brainy is you know a date? No, sorry, no, no, he doesn't. Even, no, he doesn't know what that is, <laughs> but. Uh, I thought that was really funny, and he screwed it up. There was some great action scenes in here, uh, with those aliens coming for the colonel and the just the DEO agents. So I thought that was fantastic, and it just goes to show how crazy Colonel Haley is. You think normally, the way they tell the story, and normally most characters, good characters, after they're saved by Supergirl like that, they'll just agree to keep her secret. But Colonel Haley, nope, chooses to control Supergirl. Tell Supergirl that we own you now. If anyone finds out, all your friends are family. That's basically what I tell people when I love Man of Steel and BBS. It's like, this people is how the government would re government of the United States, especially now with Trump, would react if a superpower being was amongst them. Uh, they would want full control and use it for their interests at all times. So, I think that this is a marvelous way of thinking for her, and it's perfect. I just don't understand. Like, it, it gives you an idea of how messed up her character's morals are. 
So I thought that was great. So in the end, they decide that uh, John has to wipe their minds, all the agents, and Alex's minds of their memory of Supergirl because uh, Colonel Haley's brought in an alien that seeks out the truth, and John can't use his mind powers against that, obviously. <laughs> so they have to wipe all of them, including Alex, and this has Supergirl's it was super distraught, which rightfully so, and they do it, but we don't get any lasting impact. I'm wondering, personally, I think that this may change Alex's outlook on aliens and may change the way she uh, runs the DEO. I'm not exactly sure with John there. Maybe she doesn't, she won't know that John's an alien too, or maybe she will, and that's what she'll be okay with. But I think that this might change the way that she runs things in DEO, the way that she feels about aliens that, that she, like, She's, I bet you she's a bit more like Colonel Haley now, and that scares me. So, I uh, just, but it really makes for an interesting story. So, like I said, really interesting and super excited about that. So, we'll get on to Arrow, episode 17. My name is Emiko Queen. At uh, this point, changed titles once just to make sure people wasn't weren't sure, wouldn't know. But it's back to this, and I love it. We get Deputy Green Arrow. We get a nice opening with Amiko hunting down people on her list. Uh, and doing her very darnest Oliver season one impression. She's a total badass and I love it. Uh, uh, one thing I want to point out right away is after Amiko gets shot, she goes to Renee. And that was just seen just ooh similarities to season one episode Odyssey where Oliver goes to Felicity for help after being shot because uh, she worked with he worked with her a few times and he wasn't he wasn't being an up and up but wasn't telling her and he she was being cool with it so he went to her and that's the same thing with Brene she worked with or like well worked with and saved Brene a few times so she knew that she could trust Brene of all the people there. So I thought that was great, and that was, like I said, very similar to uh, Season 1 Odyssey episode, I think it's called. Uh, more of the island episode, but there was some stuff about Albert getting shot there. So yeah, uh, Renee in the flash-forwards, I am loving the flash-forwards. I cannot wait for the full future flash-forward episode that's going to be fantastic. I think that's episode 16. So I, lo I love that. And Renee looks like a really greasy politician. Like, where did he get all that hair? Is that what happens when you grow out your hair? I thought, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he shaved because he was balding. You know, that's what most people do. But nope, not Renee. Renee got that uh, flip over going. But he's not in with the right crowd. He has a, a system computer system system like kind of like brother eye but small just for uh the glades and it shows everything so uh that's what they want they want to use that system to try and figure out where the bombs are planted so that is that's their game that's why they're there but zoe is completely uh, checked out with her dad she tells her like you used to stand i love that scene too that was fantastic she tells him like you didn't matter where you were what part of town you were from you stood up for anybody that needed help and i look at you you're not doing this at all this you're i don't need to know who you are anymore which uh like this i gotta hit renee and then donna shows up and i want to get some th like some story about we obviously haven't seen her use her canary cry yet uh since the flash forwards and we can see the scar there clearly they 
took out her ability to do that. And I want to know who did that. My money is on Argus. And I just... I think Argus is a lot bigger bad than we're, what we're made to believe. But I could be wrong there. Uh, so, yeah... Uh, Renee looks like a greasy politician and we get some light shed that uh, the person that introduces him, Cosmos Friend, kind of implies that him or his organization is the one that killed Felicity or we're led to believe is killed. I don't think she's dead. I think we're going to get her show up at the end of the season and flash forwards. But I could be wrong. Uh, who knows? So that that even shocks Renee a little bit, but... He plays it off, but he got to be feeling like, man, I got to get out of this. And he is part of the six people that have the quadrant on their arm. So first of all, somebody needs to tell this team that quad means four. They're looking for something on a lot of six. So the people that were mentioned by Dinah were Oliver, Dig, Roy, Renee, Dinah, and Felicity. So a couple of questions. First of all, where's Curtis? How come he's not involved in this? this that doesn't make me feel good uh wh where is black siren she's not in on this what happens there question marks when does this start could this start soon in the present time and then people could have passed away or died i'm not sure but that uh that was a nice little reveal there that they got that they gave us and we get uh Diggle, perhaps, maybe, there was a little shade hint of him becoming, uh, walking down the path of Amanda Waller. I don't know, but I personally feel like, from what, what I'm led to believe in this episode is that Diaz thinks that it's Lila's idea to start the Suicide Squad, put a bomb in her head, and he says to her, I'm coming for you, lady. So, uh, I think that this is what's going to happen to Dig. I think he's going to lose Lila and it's going to cause him to go over to a darker side, maybe even become head of Argus and like hunt down. I don't know. There's so many questions, but we do remember that in legends, John, John Diggle Jr. says he could, wasn't quick enough or good enough to save his dad. So who knows when that could be, but we do in that timeline, Diggle dies. So I'm wondering, could that happen? I try to line stuff up. I did read that Arrow's flash forward episode is Star City 2040, and in Legends it was uh, Star City 2046. So that's six year difference there. So that, that that could be a lot, but we have seen pictures, I have seen pictures of the actor who plays John Diggle Jr. hanging out with the rest of the Flash, some of the flash forward episode, uh, flash forward scenes, characters, uh, well, the flash forward worlds. Uh, characters in Vancouver like for fun so if he shows up there then I don't know the, the easiest explanation is Flashpoint change that but I don't know I really it did it though you could just say it like that I would even like that kind of explanation and I want to find out who Dante is and he clearly must have must be a real big bad for Diaz to not even mention it not even speak about him so, that was another good thing about this episode. I also really love that Oliver was taken so, so taken aback by finding out that Miko, the new Green Arrow, was his sister and what his father did to her and her mother by abandoning them. And 
I did see some comments of people saying like that was a bit too much and but like even though his dad did some cheating, your dad's still your hero, especially earlier on in this season when the crazy psycho doctor in Slabside was doing like mind experiments went in memories. Uh, you could tell that he even said that you thought that was heroic or but he killed this man without even a hint a thought of what his family but you could tell that Oliver still thought that was heroic and he still viewed his dad as a hero even though he did do some bad things especially what he did for him to save, save his life like sacrifice his life without even hesitation so you, you gotta think that there's good qualities in your dad but then to find out that he just abandoned this mother and daughter and never looked back and didn't tell his family about it didn't tell them about it but his other family and he was like he had another family and i love how he's completely he wants to find out more before he confronts her which is okay i have heard people say that that she jumped into your life without question you jump albert's been through this and he knows that his what his dad did was wrong so he just doesn't want to come at her without knowing every knowing as much as he can which he does in this episode and i love that uh Felicity uses the line, you were you became a green arrow to right your father's wrongs. There couldn't be a bigger wrong than abandoning a family, so you should write this one, which I thought, bravo, that was great. That was fantastic. That's just, uh, just the kind of stuff I like from this. And I'm very intrigued. Next episode, we close with Oliver standing in front of Miko while she's looking at her father's grave and be like, hello, Miko, which I can't wait. We also, this is going to be the Suicide Squad or, sorry, Ghost Initiative. WB, we can handle it being called Suicide Squad. It's not going to mean that the next Suicide Squad maybe is going to make less money. Just stop being so weird about two things being called the same thing. Movie and TV, we know that they're different mediums. Ugh. But yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. David Ramsey is directing this next episode, and it's going to be about Suicide Squad. So, it looks like a memory type thing, but I'm not exactly sure. I guess we'll see. So this leads us into The Flash. Uh, season 5, episode 11, scene red. Uh, this episode, basically, Cicada hurts. Uh, Nora breaks her back. And the dagger being stabbed into her caused dark matter to flood her body, which took her a lot longer to recover. She was worried that she wouldn't, that she wouldn't recover. We all know that she would. And Barry starts to get extremely violent because of this. He lets the anger flow through him. He's challenging the inner Oliver from the crossover when he was doing that. Uh, we're going to send him straight to hell. <laughs> uh, I I uh, I enjoyed it. I like that uh, Cicada could take away their powers that easy. But I don't know why Barry just didn't bring them all to the pipeline or... Get them out of town. It's, uh, it, like, just speed them out. You have two... Well, one speedster, I guess. Uh, but you have you and you have that breach device. I don't understand why you go through... Why not take the breach device and bring them all to... I don't know. That monastery that you brought Goldberg to, maybe? Uh, that would have been the first thing. Uh, bring them to Earth 38 for a while, Earth 2, Earth 3, I don't know, there's so many options, but to use a helicopter, when we know the great history of aircrafts getting people out of jams in the flash, a la season 1, when you tried to get rid of the metas, 
the dude that could just control lightning destroy the plane? What about the dude that can stab everybody's powers and have the flying boomerang, death lightning bolt, crazy thing <laughs> that can do anything, apparently? <laughs> it just wasn't a smart plan, in my opinion. I did enjoy this episode. I also really liked the, the Killer Frost stuff. I love how she can change back and forth so effortlessly now. She communicates with back and forth between herself too. It's nice to see. She doesn't need a device anymore. And they're really uh, they're really binding and coming together. Especially with this metahuman cure. That like I said last episode. I believe this is going to be Argus's way to control metas. Uh, stop metas. Uh, get rid of the metas that are causing him trouble. If I was Flash. If I was... What do you call it? I would keep this so unwrapped. I understand why you need it for people like Fallout, who just is a nuclear person that just explodes. So you don't want that. People who have those kind of powers, they don't want them. You you get rid of them. So understand that. But obviously, this is going to be applied for bad. Instead, it just like anything else. A la, I don't know. X Men. Uh, the mutant cure this is the exact same type thing people are going to force you to do it that you don't want to so I have problems there but uh, I still enjoyed it so we get a couple of reveals here they have a plan now to fight Cicada it seems like Killer Frost can just use her powers to stop the dagger or negate the dagger for a while so Barry doesn't lose his power and he doesn't have a dampening field Another really problem, big problem I have is why didn't Barry? Why hasn't Barry, since Alfred gotten out of prison, why haven't you gone for some combat lessons? Did you clearly need some martial arts training? You're just throwing gigantic haymakers when you don't have your powers. It's like, oh hey, dude, you're running up on me with this giant telegraph punch. Uh, you're not fast, so I would like for him to just get a little bit of training. Uh, it would be nice to see just uh just interested even showing him reading those like just reading martial arts uh books and training with his flash power just try and learn it just so you like it would be a bit different when he fought cicada if he didn't have his powers but it's pretty cool that killer Frost can freeze a dagger and he can use his power so they have a plan uh, which i think if it a battle would like happen again, they'd have a plan. It was really nice to see Peekaboo return, Shana Bias. Uh, she was nice, and when she was going to lead Flash and she couldn't use her powers, I thought that was priceless. It was very uh, Halloween, Friday 13th type deal. He's like, we she disbelieved, she looked over, oh, that's the gigantic dude that wants to kill me. So that that was really funny. Uh, it was nice to bring her back. Seems like they're taking. Uh, Arrow, uh, seems like they're taking Arrow's report approach of bringing back all villains, which I like to see. Uh, I thought that Cecile was really good this episode. I thought that uh, her powers came in handy, and they found out a way to, uh, they found out who was providing the information from her powers, so I thought that was great. Uh, but I really think Joe needs to come back. I think Barry going down this uh, dark path, a lot of it uh, could be attributed to not having Joe there just to talk to him. You know, he is super dad. He is the best dad on DCCW. Arguably 
the best dad on DC TV, the best father. So, and to multiple people, not just one. Like, he is the best father figure. And <laughs> he seems like anytime Barry needs attacking to it's Joe. So it would be nice to see him come back soon. And we have seen pictures of him back on set. So uh, we know that he's got himself right. So that's glad. I can't wait to see him back. Uh, thing that reminded me, one thing reminded me, I'd like to tie in shows to the other shows from DCCW. So when uh, Iris basically shot down Sherlock, telling him not to investigate Nora anymore, it's done. You don't, like, that reminded me of Oliver, season one, telling Dig, you know, stop investigating my mother, don't don't and when Dig's saying dude she's hiding something something's up and Oliver didn't want to hear it same concept here Iris you know you got no questions for Nora at all like that so I thought that the Sherlock right out the money and when he finds out in the end that there's two different handwriting styles in this diary so there's another person and he's wondering who and it shows the reflection of himself in the screen perfect bravo whoever director or photographer or whoever decided that that was a fantastic shot just to show us like of who actually is the mastermind and like i said i don't think anybody should trust him but there you are and another thing i gotta say i'm just surprised that snake dude didn't die uh he said uh i want to live and want to stay alive way too many times so I thought he was going to die, but no, he lived. He kind of changed his tune a little bit at the end, too. Letting other people go ahead of him. I really thought Peekaboo was going to pay for being the first person just to go on into the helicopter without taking anybody else. But no, she didn't pay. So no lesson learned for her there. <laughs> but in the end, I thought this was a great episode. I look forward to seeing next week's episode where they go into their mind. Go into Nora's mind. So I wonder, will they find out that she's working with? Yeah, so that takes us into Black Lightning, the final uh, show this week. Uh, it actually came on after Arrow, but I have it wrote. I watched it last, so it's wrote last in my notes here. Uh, chapter three, the Book of Rebellion, the last chapter of this of this book. Uh, everyone is looking for Jennifer and Cleo, the family and Cutter. Uh, and you can see the toll of taking on family, which I thought was really, uh, really good to see. It just made sense. Uh, we see Lynn have a very powerful scene where she's just pleading to Jen to come home. It just doesn't make any sense. Like people are after you. It doesn't. It just didn't make any sense from the start. You go to them and do what you did there. Obviously, Black Lady and them should have followed the the transport the whole way, but that was a mistake. Uh. Tobias and Todd are trying to figure out the brief briefcase. That's what Tobias needed Todd for. And I am enjoying their scenes together, actually. I think that they have good yin-yang. And it seems like Todd is picking up this whole evil thing pretty quickly. Uh, uh, he's basically Tobias's man in the chair, in my opinion. And we do figure out that at the end that Todd does break the briefcase. And uh, there's four metas in the church somewhere that clearly Tobias is going to try and get and control. I don't know if the briefcase can allow him to control them and their abilities, but if he would, that would be pretty cool to see him start to accumulate a metahuman army. Uh, Tobias is really menacing. Uh, I was thinking first when he w they were asking for the three places Khalil went to with his implant because he tracked it. I thought that he could control the implant, turn it off, explode it, so 
I figured that was going to happen. But no, uh, they decide to go back to Jefferson and them at their house. And Cleo decides to turn himself in. He sees his mom. There's a big police presence after Jefferson brokers a deal with Henderson for him. Uh, it, it's good to see that Jefferson does calm down and say, like, I'm glad that he just become, he is the person that I thought he was. Which was great. Uh, but in the end, it's not, it does, it's not so great for Cleo. Cutter, I don't know how Cutter kills all these people with all those guns. That doesn't, it still doesn't add up to me. Uh, when everyone's out there aiming with all their automatic weapons, I don't, I, we haven't seen enough for skill set to think that she could have killed all those people. Uh, she has no speed. She has no, like, I don't understand. Was there a second metahuman? Was there more people? The, from the episode, it made me feel like Cutter was the only one that did it. I just feel, find that hard to believe just with well, the situation that we were left with. But she gets Khalil, brings him back, Tobias. Oh. And Tobias literally ripped his spine out. His implant. And says to him, I told you I'd always have your back. He's literally holding his back. And he leaves him in the middle of the street, right next to a church where the Reverend wouldn't sell his church. Uh, as a message to the Reverend, because Tobias went to him, Tobias, look, Khalil went to him numerous times telling him to leave, telling him to get out of town, because Tobias Matson did, and he was just saying, I'm not going, he said, you do what you got to do, he said, Tobias, tell me to kill you, I don't want to kill you, and now the Reverend's going, Reverend's there, like, please pray, I'm like, dude, call 911, like, no, don't put your head on him, hand on his head, and pretend. I thought first he was going to shoot him, and put him down, like, take him out of his misery, I, d- I don't know if he's dead or not. He, he has a spine ripped out of his back. I don't understand. Does he have no spine now? Like, you're not supposed to survive like that. You're not supposed to... I don't know. But I'm hoping that he's alive. And this... That Gamby can take the spinal implant and turn it into something good for him. To hit last and to be, be able to still become a hero. I would love for him. Because he, he went full circle. He realized his mistakes. He told Jen she was the best thing that ever happened to him. You were like, oh, dude, you're dead. And it looks like you're not going to leave him alive, are you, Tobias? I don't think Tobias is going to leave him alive. He can snitch on him still. So I assume that he's dead, but he was still breathing and talking or mumbling when the episode ended. And still, that reverend, somebody got to kick that reverend in the head. Like, call 911. Call the police. Dear God, there's a dude and his spine is on... His spine... There's a dude and his spine is next to him. And he's crying. You're like, oh, Jesus, please send down... Like, no, I'm sorry, Dad. Oh, I officially don't like the Reverend. I'm sorry, I don't. Maybe he's shady too, who knows. But, like I said, Tobias is... Uh... Just the most menacing villain in a DCCW right now. He is probably the most menacing villain on TV right now since Kingpin is gone. Uh, he's terrifying. He doesn't care what he'll do. He'll do anything, kill any collateral damage to get to what he wants. He is being pretty stupid when it comes to the Jefferson family. But obviously that has to happen. Uh, eventually, I'm sure he'll realize. If Cleo found it out, I'm sure eventually he'll realize. He'll realize that. I thought he was going to realize that a few episodes ago. We kind of had that. Uh, Black Lady came after Jefferson Girls before, too. So, I don't know. 
I wonder if he'll put piece that together eventually. That's about it for this episode. I just, I wonder, I, I, I have a feeling this is going to be what fuels Jennifer to become a hero. And I can't wait for that to see. Maybe the suit will enhance her abilities or help her control her abilities even more. But I just want to see her in the suit and ready to go. But all in all, this was a great episode of DC. This was a great episode. This was a great episode of Black Lightning. And it was a great week of DC CW for me. Uh, I can't wait for next week. Uh, I'm excited for pretty much every episode, I think. Uh, which hasn't happened in a while. I was after, I was not as high on Supergirl this year, but the, the last two episodes are really starting to put it in a good place for me. Uh, next week, I'll be reviewing these. I'm not exactly sure when. I'll be going on the DC TV Squadcast as well to review the week that was uh, next week. I'm not exactly sure when what I'll be reviewing and when I'll let you guys know that on Twitter. But I'm thoroughly excited for it. It's my favorite podcast. So uh, I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can drop me a message on Twitter. I hope you guys listen to that when it comes out. But you can drop me a message on Twitter to discuss this week that was in DCCW. Uh, any thoughts, any theories, any questions, just drop me a line. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Cheers.